0: We'll take your Bibles this morning and turn to Psalm 126, Psalm 126. Sure enjoy Thanksgiving as a holiday. And so we're just extending that thought of Thanksgiving into the morning service. Certainly we have reason to do that. So I sure enjoyed the Joel Smith family. Y'all, thanks for coming and singing. That was great. I enjoyed that. Very, very good. Okay, so Psalm 126. And uh, some of you uh, would be familiar with this Psalm. I, in fact, I'd say quite a few would be. And for others, it may be brand new. And, and um, I've heard this Psalm preached often about soul winning. And sometimes studying a text will mess up good preaching. <laughs> but that's not the case here. It does apply. Uh, You'll see that, but uh, I was also very excited just to understand more about it. How many of you say, you know, there's a lot of passages in the Bible that I've been familiar with, but I I hadn't really, like, just studied it, you know, in its context. And so uh, I really enjoyed the study of it. And so let's look at it together now in verse number one. There's only six verses here, so we'll work through these six this morning. When the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion... We were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us. He just answered that. That's so true. The Lord has done great things. Whereof we are glad. So he goes from the praise into what you might consider prayer. And here's how he prays. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Then notice this. He uses an analogy that fits our theme for this year into his harvest. That's our theme. Verse 5 says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. All right, so he goes from carrying a seed bag, can you see it as he's sowing the seed, to bringing his sheaves in. All right, so he that goeth forth, or I'd like to read verse six again, he that goeth forth and weepeth, Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So I, I tweaked the uh, title that's in the announcement sheet. It's not far off from what I've changed it to, uh, but just a little bit of, uh, of adjustments. And so the title this morning is this, Tears Mingled with Seed Bring a Harvest of Joy. Yeah. Tears Mingled with With seed, bring a harvest of joy. May God bless the reading of his word. As you're seated, we'll consider this wonderful psalm together. For the record, I did not grow up on a farm. I know some who did, though. Um, And I grew up uh, around those who farmed, for sure. We all set out a big garden and... Things of that nature, so, but just not full-fledged farming, I guess you'd say. How many of you did grow up on a farm, though? Let me just see who else here. Okay, yeah, well, we're in Oklahoma, so that's that's uh, that's understandable. Quite a few of you had that privilege, I'd say, to grow up on a farm. It was a lot of hard work, wasn't it? A lot of hard work. Um, a lot of work to prepare the land, sow the seed, protect, oversee the growth from in the midst of heat and drought and cold and wind and erosion and pest and kids (laughs) and uh, setbacks and disappointments and long days and lonely days. I mean, really there's a lot to it, uh, especially at this day and time when the psalmist uh, wrote about farming and uh, the work that goes into it. So he's using that. And so then he talks about the joy that comes from farming, and we all experienced that on Thursday, did we not? As we enjoyed all the uh, vegetables and, and uh, the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the gravy and on and on, and you're still enjoying a lot of that, no doubt. And, um, and so that Thanksgiving meal. Uh, the psalm is uh, referencing the captivity of Zion, and how that God turned again their captivity. Due to their sinful choices, I'm talking about Israel's sinful choices, specifically the southern kingdom of Judah, um, as the nation was split, and and, uh, the northern kingdom went into Assyrian captivity, and then later the southern kingdom went into Babylonian captivity. In fact, they were in captivity for 70 years. They were taken out of the land of Israel, but then they had the opportunity to return. They came back into the land and as they came back to the land, of course there was joy and there's rejoicing that was a part of that as you might imagine. I mean, Israel was back in the land. I mean, in fact, uh, even in our recent history back 1948, statehood of uh, a nation of Israel established and Jews coming back into the land then, I mean, it was a it was a high and and an ex- exciting time for the Jews, even in our recent history, for the Jews to come back into the land. And, and there's still a lot of prophecy to be fulfilled about the Jews. Mark it down, dear friend. God will fulfill his word and Israel will be established back in the land. And so the psalm covers a lot of that. And it talks about, though, also that there are some that still needed to come back into The land. All right, so there was a a good number that came back to the land of Israel, but then there were some that did not come. In fact, some of them got too settled in Babylon. Some of them were too comfortable in Babylon. Those that did come back, they faced some major challenges. Um, The challenge of rebuilding the walls. I mean, just read like the book of Nehemiah, then you'd read about some of those challenges that they faced with some of the, um, the opposition that they had from Sanballat, Tobiah, and and others that were just caught basically causing them trouble. Uh, they had the challenge of rebuilding the walls under Ezra. Uh, I kind of got those out of order, but Ezra uh, reinstituting the worship that was there, rebuilding the temple, and, and then also this, tilling the land or tilling the land that hadn't been used for 70 uh, years, and so there was a lot of work to do there. There were many setbacks. Um, it, in other words, it, basically this. It wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be easy, but it was going to be needful. Needful. And thus, there were tears mingled with seed. Tears mingled with seed. You've got to be willing to go through the hard times to get to times of rejoicing. You've got to be willing to go through the hard times to get through the times of rejoicing. Did you hear Brother Joel a moment ago as he was introducing the song about, uh, about the middle of my storm, that God taught him some things through the storm? And I agree completely with what you said a moment ago, Brother Joel, that, that uh, God brings you to those times to bring you through them because you need it. Because you need it. But I got to say, oftentimes, I'm glad to have the celebration, but not the contrition that it takes to get through to it. I'm glad to have the joy, but not necessarily the journey to get there. Many want the relief, but not the repentance that's necessary to get to it. They want the joy. They want the relief. They want the rejoicing. They want the gladness. But are you willing to sow seed mingled with tears to be able to have that harvest? Um, How about this? We want to see people saved, don't we? We want to see people restored to God, see people coming back to God, uh, wanting to see uh, marriages restored and families restored. And here's basically what I want you to see from this text, which is in the text here, that we've got to keep sowing in tears if we're going to enjoy and rejoice, rather, in the, in the harvest. You've got to be willing to sow in tears if you're going to reap Enjoy. You've got to be willing to sow in tears if you're going to reap in joy. Look back at the, at the psalm with me here. When the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion, when he turned again, when he brought us back. Uh, this idea of turning again is, I mean, that's revival terminology. When God brought them back, restored. In fact, you'll see the word turned again. You'll see it as Restored. Uh, In fact, it's in Psalm 23 in verse number three. He restoreth my soul. It literally is. He turns my soul back. He restores me. He gets me back to where I needed to be. Lot uh, was taken captive there and, and Abraham was used of God to restore him, to bring him back. Uh, Sarah was restored to Abram. I mean, I'm just giving you an idea of how this word is used in different places. God told Jacob that he would bring him back to the land of, of uh, where he was there in Bethel. He says, I will bring you back. I will cause you to be turned back. How about it? Uh, in, I, I'm sorry, in Psalm uh, in number 80, Psalm 80, he says, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Turn us again. We, we need you, God, to bring us back. If you live long enough in your Christian life, there's going to be some times you're going to need God to bring you back. When you're going to need a revival, somebody has said that a revival is a, I'm sorry, the Christian life is a series of new beginnings and you're going to need several new beginnings. You're not going to need to get saved again because he gives you eternal life. But along the way, there's going to be some dry seasons when you need God to get you back to where you need to be spiritually. And so that's what he's talking about. God brought us back. And so because God brought us back, look at verse number two, our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. In other words, because of what God did to bring us back, they had joy again. Now in Psalm 137, if you were to glance over there, they hung their harps on the willow tree. They hung their harps. And in other words, they were in a foreign land. They were in Babylon and they had no reason to sing because of their sin and their disobedience. And, and, and when you're in rebellion, you don't have a reason to sing. But when, when you allow God to work in your life and he brings you back, then I'm telling you, friend, there is great joy. In fact, uh, verse 2 again, it says our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue was filled with singing. The idea there is that, that it's ringing out. They were singing. They weren't holding back because, I believe this, that when we praise God, we ought not be subdued. That we ought to just go ahead and praise him with with our heart and our soul and 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 uh, congregational singing ought to be lively and sometimes reflective. I understand that, but really, this hey, he saved us. We ought to praise him, Amen. and so that's what he's saying. It's a ringing, it's a ringing cry. One one uh one individual uh, brother Don Ivy, I saw him this week. He was a, a pastor up in uh, Ash Grove, uh, Missouri, and he was talking about uh about his pastor while he was at. At, uh, at church there in Springfield, at Breein Baptist Church with Leon Gray, he said he heard Brother Gray one time preaching and he got real excited about a point. And he came off the platform and he said to this gentleman down here, he said, hold my mule while I shout a while. And so I don't know if you've ever heard that terminology, hold my mule while I shout. But uh, hey, listen, uh, salvation ought to put some shout into us. Salvation puts some singing into us and some rejoicing into us. One thing I really enjoyed uh, this Thanksgiving season is is uh, my brother-in-law Joe is pre- playing a big bass guitar now, and and Andrew brought his guitar, and and his wife Julie was playing the mandolin, and and uh, Trenton just started playing the um, the harmonica or or uh, you know jew's harp I guess you, maybe some of you call it that but I mean they just they just took out playing and singing man we had a great time as a family it was awesome. I love it. Well, why are you singing? Well, we've got reason to sing. God's been so good to us. He's he's turned us again. He's brought us to himself. He's saved us. We've got reason to shout. We've got reason to sing. We've got reason to praise him. In fact, even people around recognize, you know, God's done some great things for them. The Lord has done great things. I'm thinking about verse number three now. The Lord has done great things for them. Even the heathen say the, the Lord has done great things. Rahab, the harlot, as as Joshua was leading the children of Israel, you know, to take Jericho, she said this, she said, we've heard what God did at the Red Sea. We heard about that. Here she was, a a Canaanite woman, and she says, we we heard what God did down in Egypt. We we heard what God did at the Red Sea. And In fact, they were were fearful as people inhabiting the land that the Israelites were on on the move. In other words, she's saying this, hey, we know God's done great things for you. Well, what can you say? The Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. The Lord has done great things for us. Hey, we've got reason to to thank him. If he saved you today, you've got reason to praise him. If, he brought you, if he's brought you through a trial, you've got reason to praise him. If he's held you together when you were falling apart, you've got reason to praise him. If you've had a besetting sin, I'm talking about, about a, a vice in your life, maybe even a secret sin that you just kept falling back into, but God helped you out of that. Now listen, you, you can still fall back into it. Am I right about that? We can still fall back in. But, but listen, when God has delivered you from that, and you've seen him do some things in your life, and bring you through some of those even disappointing times, hey, you've got reason today. You've got reason reason to thank Him and reason to praise Him for His goodness. So you get to praising Him enough, and you'll realize not everybody's praising Him. You might might have heard some people saying amen and praise the Lord and hallelujah and wonder what what is this all about? Why, Why is everybody so excited? Well, those that are praising ought to turn to praying that others would start praising because they get saved. You see what's going on in this psalm? God turned us again. We had sinned against him and we went down into Babylon, but God brought us back and therefore we're glad. But it's almost like in the middle of his praising and thanksgiving service, he stopped to think there's still some back there that haven't been restored yet. There's still some there that need to be saved. There's still some, we would say it maybe that way. Is that all right? There's still some that need to be delivered. There's some that need to be brought out. There's some that are dwelling back in Babylon that need to be restored. I looked out a moment ago and there's some that weren't singing. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. I I realize what it's like sometimes in the midst of a service, your mind kind of goes to lunch. Right, You kind of get a little bit distracted, right? You, you, your mind's on, on your fantasy football and you're thinking, man, I should have switched this guy for this guy. So I don't know. Or you're thinking about the deer that you missed or you're thinking about the ball game. I didn't mean to bring that up, but I, you're, you're thinking about something else and your mind just goes off. And maybe that's why you weren't singing. But I, I dare say this, there might be some here this morning that weren't singing a moment ago because you know, you're, it's like you're still in captivity. You, you don't have that relationship with the Lord, but you're, hang on wait a minute, you're here today. You're here today and that you're here today because God wants to have a relationship with you. And listen, you may have even given up on yourself, but I'm here to tell you today, God's not given up on you. As long as you're still breathing air into your nostrils, there's still an opportunity for you to have a real relationship with God that is meaningful, that that is joyful, and you can be glad just like everybody else that's around you that's glad. And that's why we're praying. That's why I believe God wants to give us a soul winning heart because we who have experienced God's salvation, I'm talking about spiritual salvation, we ought to sow in tears for those that are not yet saved. We ought to go through the tough times. We ought to be willing to just keep sowing even when it gets tough so that others might be saved. And today, if you're here and you're not saved, and what I mean by that, if the Bible tells us that there's none righteous, no, not one, that, that, that this, all have come short of the glory of God. Hey, listen, friend, you need salvation. You need to be saved. And listen, this church has been praying for you that you might be saved. Amen. And then those that need to be restored. So yes, I think this Psalm is, makes application to those that need to be spiritually saved but it also is broad enough to do this. Hang on, bear with me here just a moment. It also is concerned about people that are away from God that need to be restored to God, basically that need to have a revival in their spiritual life. They are saved, but they're away from God. Are you following me? I believe that it fits there. And I believe it also fits this, the tough times that all of us go through. The difficult times that we all go through. Thus, we've got to keep sowing in tears if you're going to reap in joy. Been in three states this last week, so my allergies are kicking in a little bit. Told myself, pace yourself, pace yourself. Don't preach real hard at first, you won't preach at all. Look at verse four. "Turn, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. South of Zion... The land of Israel. That area is a very arid region. It has a lot of dry riverbeds. What he's saying here is, God, we need your favor once again. Um, we need your favor in a hurry. When, when he says the streams in the south, the idea is this, that there were times when, when those dry riverbeds became torrential rivers. I mean, they were just flowing hard and strong. He's not saying this, God, we want momentary joy. That's not what he's talking about. No, you need lasting, abiding joy in the Lord. But he is saying this, Lord, we want to see more come back into the land. And it could be that's the idea turn us again as rivers in the south. In other words, there's a lot of places here that need to be inhabited. Turn us again, O oh God. Bring people back into the land of Israel. So that may be what it is. I'm looking around and I'm seeing we've got empty spots in the, in the auditorium here. I realize the students are gone, so next week we'll have rivers in the south, right? I mean, they'll be, they'll be back. I get that, but there's also empty pews in here. And there's people that need to be back. And there's people that need to be in church. There's people that need to be in church that have never been in church. There's there's people that need to be back in church that were once in church. But but somewhere along the way, they got discouraged. Somewhere along the way, they got confused. Somewhere along the way, maybe they got deceived. Somewhere along the way, maybe they they were deceived by the deceitfulness of sin, and, and thus they're not here. And they need a revival. They need to be back, would you agree? So we need to pray that God would turn us again, oh God. Turn us again, bring them back. Bring them back into into church. Bring them back here to to where they can have joy in you. And then he says, verse five, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And then he elaborates that basically in verse number six. He elaborates on it in verse six when he says, they that goeth forth bearing precious seed and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again, bringing their sheaves with them. In other words, there'll be joy there. But you gotta be willing To go through the tough times, to get to the times of joy. They that sow in tears. Why would they sow in tears? They that sow in tears. Well, obviously, I I believe this would apply. They sow in tears out of concern. It's obvious in the text, he's not talking about a physical harvest like of wheat or barley, etc. But he's talking about a harvest of people. Do you see that? Bringing us back, oh God. Bring us back, oh God. So it could be sowing in tears in the sense of sowing out of concern. I think also it's this. I think the idea is is communicating this. There's going to be some setbacks. There's going to be some disappointments. There's going to be some lonely days. There's going to be some difficulty. There's going to be some times when, when the harvest is coming in slow. Wouldn't it be nice? You go out and... Plant some corn, and just immediately the next day it's up and ready to take those ears off, and wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't be wonderful? No, it's not that way though, is it? There's a lot of hoeing involved. There's a lot of plowing involved, depending on the scale of this thing. There's a lot of, a lot of things that you have to do. In other words, it's with difficulty, but you, you gotta keep going in the difficult times. You gotta keep sowing in tears. You gotta keep sowing in tears. Even though it's gotten difficult, even though it's gotten disappointed, even though, wait a minute, hang on just a minute. Let's apply it to where you are. Even though you may be disappointed in yourself, you've got to keep sowing in tears. Maybe you're disappointed in your circumstances and maybe it's a trial that's on. Wait, Wait a minute, don't stop sowing. Don't stop sowing. Because if you stop sowing, don't you see that that's going to affect the harvest? Hang on, let me say it with my full voice. It's going to affect the harvest. Sounded like I was in seventh grade again. (laughs) You're sowing in tears. The idea, I believe, as I've studied it out a little bit more now, is he's saying it's not going to be easy to see restoration, but it's worth it because of the harvest. And, and if you sow in tears and you go forth, do you see the word goeth? And do you see the word weepeth? Weepeth? He's weeping, going, weeping. The idea is that it's ongoing. If you keep going and it's difficult and you, and you, and you have times of crying, then just keep going, keep sowing, keep weeping because you'll doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with you. So you've got to keep sowing even in tears if you're going to reap joy. But if you stop sowing, watch this, you're left with tears, and you're without the harvest. I spoke with a friend yesterday that was having a tough time in marriage. Uh, let me ask this. Are there times of tears in marriage? Are there some dry times? Are there some tough times? Hello? Sure? Now, wait a minute. Let's get over here. <laughs> Are there some times of rejoicing in marriage? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of wonderful times of family and, and in marriage. So what do you do over here when you're in a tough time? You just keep sowing. And maybe you're weeping, but just keep sowing. Did you hear that? Keep sowing. Keep going. Are there tough times in family life? Yes. Tough time between parents and children? Yes. Yes. Tough times, setbacks, disappointments, disillusionment, confusion, hurt. Yes, but are there some times of picking and grinning? <laughs> Depends on where you're from. <laughs> but are there some times of just rejoicing, sitting around the table? Aren't there some times of, of playing games together? Have you played some games here recently as a, as a family had some times like that? Aren't there some times? Isn't there some times of just uh, just rejoicing as a family, sitting around and just kind of talking together? Isn't there some times like that? But, but isn't there times like this over here too? But you gotta keep going through those times to have these times. Right. Hang on, Hang on, wait a minute, what about church life? Are there some tough times in church life Are there some disappointments? Are there some setbacks? Are there times when somebody maybe that you've invested in and invested in and invested in, do they get out of church sometimes? They do. But what do you do? You cry. You weep. You pray. You teach. You preach. You keep soul winning. You keep going because isn't there some times when it's on? You know what I mean, when it's on? I mean, you know what I mean when it's on? When it's on, I mean, like the singing is on, the choir is on, the preaching is on, the teaching is on, people are being saved, new people are coming. I mean, there's times, friends, when it is on. Well, there are times when it's off and there's times when it's on, but when there's times that it's off and it's getting real difficult, let's not stop and give up on church or give up on God or give up on his word. We just got to keep going with the word. The, the The seed is the word, Jesus said, and you just keep going with the seed. You just keep going with the word. Even in the tough times, you just keep sowing. You just keep going. You just keep crying. You keep weeping and you just keep with it. You don't. You don't, even if you lose your your voice, you just don't give up. I wonder if there'll be some tough times in the Philippines as the trembles go there. I wonder if there'll be some tough, lonely days. I I wonder if there'll be some times when they're disappointed. Yes, no doubt there will be. But in those times, you just got to keep going, don't you? You just gotta keep going at it. But I talked to a friend yesterday and it broke my heart. I didn't talk to him in person, but but things were tough in his marriage and he walked away from it. You know what's sad about that? Is when you stop, you're still left with tears. But now you're giving up on the harvest. And, and this could apply to many situations. Hey, by the way, some of you have been through that. And, I, and I'm, I'm here today to say, listen to this. The streams of the South can flow again. God's not done with you. Remember I said that up front? God's not done with you just because maybe you've been through a time of separation or divorce or your family's been through a difficult time. I, 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 I'm not saying that at all, but, but I am saying this today because there may be somebody that's in this season right here and it's dry and it's difficult and it's disappointing, whether it's marriage, family, work, work, friendships, church, whatever it may be. Listen, here's here's the main point of the message. Don't stop sowing. Sow through the tears so that then you can come over here and reap in joy. Uh, Because otherwise you're going to miss out on a whole lot. Somebody that is over here and they're disappointed with God and disappointed with church and disappointed with all these things and they walk away from God and they get out of church I'm telling you there's a harvest that you're going to reap but it's not the one that you're wanting and you're going to miss out on the joy that could be yours in the Lord they that sow in tears shall reap in joy hey young people listen to me don't you give up on God in church don't you give up on, don't, hey, listen to me, don't you give up on living for God in your life. Maybe you say, I don't see how he's coming through for me. Uh, you know, hey, listen, don't, don't you give up on God. Everybody here, don't you give up on doing what God's called you to do. Don't you give up on it. You just, you just stick with it. You say, but it's tough and it's difficult and there's a lot of tears. That's what he's saying here. There's going to be that. But listen, he'll bring you back. He'll bring you through it. Don't give up. Because then you can reap in joy. I listened in on the service Wednesday night and heard testimonies right here in this auditorium. Man, it blessed my heart. You You know what those testimonies are? It's testimonies of this. Been through some tough times here, but God brought us through it. Heard some men stand this morning and they said, let's pray for this individual. Brother David led our men's prayer meeting and, and let's pray for this person. He has cancer. Let's pray for this individual. She has cancer. Let's pray for this individual. They're recovering. They just got out of the ICU and now they're in a regular room. You know what we're doing? We're sowing in tears. We're sowing in tears, sowing in tears, sowing in tears, sowing in tears so that we might reap in joy, reap in joy, reap in joy. Amen. Saw a dear lady this past week. Her name is Mary Buckwald. She uh, <clears throat> lived about an hour west of uh, Chicago. She grew up in Catholicism. And I don't remember all the circumstances that led her to Christ, but somehow she heard the gospel and trusted him as her savior and was saved. Her pastor called me. I was pastoring in Republic, Missouri, just right outside of Springfield. And said, there's a lady named Mary that's moving to Republic, that area. And I just want to know what kind of church you are. So he began to ask me, do you use only the King James Bible? And then he asked me a series of other questions that were about the faith. And he said, I just want to make sure I could recommend her because she's very dear to my heart. And so she came, became a member of the church. Immediately we began praying for her son named David. David um, had been living in a, basically like a um, a shelter for those that are abusing drugs and alcohol. Maybe like Pacific Garden Mission. In fact, it may have been even. Pacific Garden Mission there in, in Chicago. I don't remember that. But we began to pray and we sowed in tears and sowed in tears. And she'd mention him every single Sunday school class time. Pray for my son, David. Pray for his salvation. Pray that he would come to God for years. I don't remember how long. David stood and gave testimony on Tuesday night of the meeting that I was in. He moved to Springfield through a series of circumstances, he heard the gospel and he trusted Christ as his Savior. He was saved. Came in that that night and he was the greeter at the door with the Chicago Bears um, toboggan. Thank you. Greeting everybody there at the door. Here's a man that one time was on drugs and alcohol and now he's a church greeter. And he stood and gave testimony. And then he went back out and said, I've got to go work security for the church. It was awesome. But you know what he said? Here's here's what he said. I want to thank God for a mom who kept praying for me. She wept over me. And I came to Christ. We were glad. We rejoiced. We praised the Lord. We enjoyed it. I'm telling you, it was worth it going through all this to see the harvest and it's still coming in. Keep sowing even in tears. If you want to reap in joy. Some of you are in some hard times right now. Don't give up. Just keep sowing. Don't stop sowing. You know, it, may, it seems like, well, I'll just stop sowing because what's the use? Well, then you're just left with tears. Because there's still going to be tears. How about you just keep doing what God's called you to do? So you see the harvest of joy. Let's stand together here this morning. Keep sowing. Dear God, today I pray that you'd help. There may be some here that are discouraged, disheartened, disappointed, confused by their life circumstances. I pray today that they would be encouraged. Dear God, that they might reap in joy and not to give up prematurely. You said they shall doubtless come again, rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them, doubtless. And so I pray, God, that they would trust you. It may not turn out just exactly like they hoped or wished or thought. In fact, dear God, as you're at work, it'll turn out better. But I pray, regardless of their circumstances, that God, you'd help each and every one here to determine that they're gonna keep sowing even in the time of tears, I pray in Jesus' name.